And welcome to a Sunday edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. If you're left, you just ain't right. With me, Doug Hagen, owner-operator uh, of the Daily Gator, dailygator.net, D-A-L-L-E, can't even talk today, T-D-A-L-E-Y-G-A-T-O-R.net. Uh, check it out, please. It's good stuff over there. I try. I give you beautiful women to look at. I give you jokes, funny, funny stories, crazy stories. Defend the Second Amendment. Defend freedom of speech. Defend freedom of association, freedom of religion. Sometimes I mock religious people. Sometimes I mock a lot of people. I try to have fun and try to keep it uh, something that will entertain you, my friends. So uh, head over there, and I appreciate the visitation. Pass it around. I've got that ego thing going where I want as many, many visitors as possible. Uh, And of course, you get the negative complaints sometimes from commenters who actually think I care what they think. Um, And I want to hear what you think, because I'll either agree with you and say, yes, you're right. I am great. Or I'll disagree and think you're a total idiot who probably voted for Obama and Biden and Hillary. And I'll just uh, laugh because I've irritated you. But anyway. Let's kick it off with Front Page Magazine. David Horowitz uh, is over there. I believe he runs that place. I'm not sure. Uh, Daniel Greenfield, possibly the best op-ed writer there is. Uh, But Daniel Greenfield has a, um, actually the website, Front Page Magazine, has a section about racist mayors. Uh, This piece is by Daniel Greenfield. And he's talking about a, uh, a mayor in Rhode Island. Uh, during the long, hot summer of Black Lives Matter race riots, Daniel, that should be mostly peaceful race riots. Okay. Uh, Providence's mayor, Jorge Elorza, uh, announced a Truth and Reparations Commission. Anytime someone opens a Truth and Reparations Commission and they have a D in front of their name, yeah, you know it's not going to be good. Hide your wallet. It accuses the city, Providence, Rhode Island, and really the whole state of perpetrating, quote, generations of pain and violence and systematic oppression and boring infomercials. I threw the last part in for effect that he doesn't accuse him of that. The leftist racist, uh, that is Mayor Jorge Elorza, or Elorza. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. Don't really care either, to be honest. Uh, he is steadily sending the city down the drain, urged the 33% of white people that are still left in Providence to heal by discussing and accepting these uncomfortable truths. The most uncomfortable truth for them is probably that they vote, they have an idiot for a mayor and a racist. You ever notice that most racists are idiots, in fact? Because you got to be pretty stupid to judge somebody by their skin color. And because I'm a conservative and just said that, that makes me, yes, in the eyes of the left, a racist. See how morally retarded the left is? They're, they're bankrupt intellectually. They really are, my friends. 
Now, this commission would not be looking into Alorza's alleged systemic racism, which resulted in a lawsuit by the city's former Department of Public Works director claiming that he was fired over a uh, principled refusal to hire unqualified people because of their, quote, ethnic backgrounds, while being banned from hiring qualified applicants of a different ethnic background. So in other words, this guy was accused of, of committing this ultimate sin now using someone's qualifications, experience, uh, things like that, instead of their skin color to hire them. Because there was a time in this country where certain people couldn't get certain jobs because of their skin color, and the only cure for that actual racism, which has been corrected, by the way, but the only cure, according to the left, including the mayor of Providence, Rhode Island, is to now hire people unqualified because of their skin color and screw people who are qualified for jobs who are actually qualified because of their skin color. See, doesn't, doesn't liberalism make such sense? Uh, these uncomfortable truths were not on the truth and reconciliation menu. Instead, the mayor pushed forward with the plan to offer $10 million in reparations, even though Rhode Island has actually been the first state to ban slavery and was founded by Roger Williams, uh, who was an opponent of slavery. The tiny state had mobilized 25,000-plus soldiers during the war between the states, including the 11th United States-colored heavy artillery regiment. Uh, 1,771 Rhode Islanders paid the ultimate price, and 20 were awarded the Medal of Honor. Uh, that not, excuse me, that not Alorza's, uh, Alorza's, I can't, I can't pronounce this name, I'm sorry. $10 million grift is what actually fighting racism looks like. Now, there are 20, just under 29,000 black people living in Providence. Uh, that $10 million amount of, of reparations, which will fix everything in the universe, apparently, amounts to a check for every black person in the state of Rhode Island. You know how much a check will be? Th this check will make up for everything bad that's ever happened to every black person anywhere in the United States. It'll be $346. That's right. And, of course, Team Biden's working on a way to tax their ass on it, I'm sure, because they want to tax you in, in, into oblivion, basically. Uh, that's enough to cover a week of groceries for a family of four. Uh, meanwhile, only 14% of Providence students are proficient in English. Let me repeat that. English is not the, uh, not the legal language of the United States. It should be not the official language. It should be, but it's the de facto language of America. 14% of Providence students are proficient in English. Let me say it a different way. 86% of Providence students are not proficient in English. In English. And 6.8% are proficient in math. Let me put that another way. 93.2% are not proficient in math. So 86% of students can't speak English correctly and don't know how to add or subtract, basically. And this clown wants to give every black person a $350 check. And that'll fix everything. Huh. 
Now, Daniel Greenfield sarcastically notes that the good news is that Providence students are so literate that they don't even realize that Rhode Island wasn't a member of the Confederacy. It was not. It's still the smallest state in the country. And it's supposed to be a very nice state. I don't know. Uh, they know so little of basic math that they have no idea how much $346 is. Today, it's not much. Now, Olorza's racist virtue signaling doesn't close any gaps, and it's now under fire because it's insufficiently racist since poor white people can also apply. Can you imagine? White people? Damn white privileged poor people. God, I hate those people. And it's now under fire again because poor white people can also apply. That's because the racist mayor chose to use cash from Biden's inflationary $1.9 trillion stimulus plan, which can't exclude non-black applicants. So now anybody, whether or not they were even had family members here, at the who knows? I guess everyone. Hell, I only live in Rhode Island. Maybe I should apply and get a $350 check. I check all the boxes because there are no boxes. It's just $1.9 trillion of fake money that doesn't even exist that Congress is going to give people to fight inflation. And, of course, giving $2, billion, $2 trillion away really spikes inflation, but they're fighting inflation by increasing inflation. You see, that's how Democrats view inflation, my friends. You can't just throw $10 million for this and that program and call it reparations. Because then it will be done without ever really having a conversation about what repairing the harm would look like. That comes from a member of Alorza's African American Ambassador Group. African American Ambassador Group. I have no idea what it is. Alorza's racist crusade has thus far t- toppled a Columbus statue. Christopher Columbus. Yes. Uh, 1492. Didn't even actually come to the, the America, the United States. But it doesn't matter because he's responsible for all the bad in the world. Oh, Lordy. Uh, it also eliminated plantations from the city's historic name in time for Juneteenth. Again, banning words. Banning words. Even though the name had nothing to do with slavery. <laughs> Well, who cares if it actually has to do with slavery? All that matters is the left can claim it has to do with slavery and give me some money. But expecting a city of illiterates to know that may be asking too much. Uh, Meanwhile, would you like to know the poverty rate in Providence? 23%. That's almost a quarter, folks. That's not funny. That's that's horrific. Uh, More than double the state average. So whatever Rhode Island's doing, theirs is, what, 11.5% poverty rate, which isn't good. But Providence doubles that. And the mayor's giving out $346 checks and doesn't know history. 92% of minority students in the school district, most of them Hispanic, have reading proficiency scores that are half that of the state average and math scores that are almost a third that of the state average. And remember, the, we went over the numbers from the state in proficiency. They suck. So it really sucks for these kids. In 2021, 75 people were shot. 
23 were killed in Providence. More than half of the entire state's murders in 2020 took place in Providence, even though the city holds only a fifth of Rhode Island's population. Well, it sounds like uh, Jorge Alorza, the racist mayor of Providence, should probably be uh, shit-canned, uh, to put it put it bluntly. So that's your racist mayor of the day. Let's see what else we got going in uh, California. Oh, California. This is also from Front Page Magazine, also from Daniel Greenfield. Uh, California or Marxifornia, as I like to call it because it's more accurate, their internet censorship office is watching what you say. Now, how many times have you heard a news anchor anywhere refer to California's internet censorship office? Yeah, okay, it doesn't take that long to count to zero. Um, but understand what they're doing. This is kind of like the government of California I'm sorry, Marxifornia, spying on people and looking if they write certain words or say certain things or tweet this or Facebook post that. And uh, they're watching you and they're probably keeping track of you. Let's see. Report misinformation. That's from a flyer from California's Office of Election Cybersecurity. Social media users are urged to report, quote, misleading materials to the Secretary of State's office. <sighs> that could be a meme, which is completely sarcastic and not serious. That could be a joke. But anything the government doesn't want you to say, the state of California, the government of California, wants to come after you for it, apparently, or keep count. They won't come get you yet. Not yet. Uh, a government office which was created by California Democrats. That's your first sign something's really going bad. If if Democrats came up with it, but if Marxifornia Democrats came up with it, ugh, really bad. They're monitoring monitoring hashtags. That's right. Hashtags. The pound sign. Hashtags. Hashtag Marxifornia sucks. Uh, classifying political speech, it oppose, opposes by threat levels. Wonder what threat level I'm at. I wonder. Uh, taking screenshots of posts, so they're keeping a, a kind of a database going. Uh, and maybe one day you'll be on trial for it. Well, on May 7th, 2016, you tweeted this. And your Facebook, you put a, a joke about this. Can you explain this? That's what it's coming to. This is the left wanting to seize complete and total power. Period. Of you. Of me. Of everybody. This is not a joke. This is not funny. This is statism, my friends. And it should scare the living hell out of you. And it should enrage you, quite frankly. Uh, then they store that information. Again, they're monitoring hashtags you use, uh, classifying political speech by threat level, taking screenshots of posts, and then storing that information indefinitely, which means forever. Uh, 
before reporting the offending speech to social media companies for censorship. So they're going to get all this stuff, and then they're going to go to Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever other social media you use, Instagram, Snapchat, this chat, that chat. And they're going to say, look, you see this? You must, you must forbid this. If you want to stay in business in the state of Marxifornia, you're going to have to get these people out of here. We can't be having them say stuff like that. My God, this guy, Doug Hagan, he, he posted a meme and it made fun of Joe Biden. Yes, it was completely sarcastic, completely joke, not serious at all. But still, we don't like it, so it has to go. Please take his Facebook page down and his Twitter. You see, that's that's how statism grows, my friend. Things like this, they go under the radar. No one report. The media won't report about it. If they do, it'll just be, oh, it's nothing. You're okay, really. It's that Ron DeSantis you got to worry about because he's like, doesn't want kids taught about different genders and stuff when they're five. What a loser he is. Uh, now, election security is our number one priority, the office claims. But its focus isn't securing elections by fighting hackers, which can be a serious threat, or voter fraud, which can be a serious threat, obviously. Instead, it's fighting the spread of mis- and dis-information. The information twins, mis- and dis. We need a this. We need a miss, a dis, and a this. Yes. Uh, now, what that is, folks... It, Greenfield nails it. That's an Orwellian way of saying that it's fighting and censoring online speech. I've done this several times on Facebook. I post a meme or a joke that is completely sarcastic, not serious, completely parody. And, oh, they have that little flag on there about the post, right? Uh, Our researchers found that blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Leave people alone. Uh, most people are smart enough to figure out what is BS and what is not. Now, this is their explanation. Uh, we created the California, excuse me, Marxifornia Office of Election Cybersecurity to keep your vote safe. The left uses that word so much now. You must feel safe. You must be safe. Your vote must be safe. Your dog must be safe. How much money is in your safe? 87,000 agents from the IRS want to know about your safe and how much money's in there. Uh, so you don't have to worry. Oh, nothing like the, the, the state of Marxifornia, the government of Marxifornia, saying people in Marxifornia don't have to worry. If you live in California, worry. Every day. The office is a nonpartisan government arm. <laughs> nonpartisan meaning Democrats through and through, of course. Uh, but this government arm is dedicated to ensuring your vote is safe. There's that word again, safe. Secretary of State's office unconvincingly tweeted. Uh, <laughs> it would be funny when they tweeted that. If it had been flagged for misinformation, that would be that would be perfect. Somebody needs to start a Twitter page just just mocking the misinformation, disinformation. They should retweet stuff like that and go misinformation alert, disinformation alert. Your vote is not safe. 
what sort of speech is a government office run by Democrats trying to censor, Greenfield asks. One example of political, political speech successfully censored, meaning it has happened, by the Office of Election Cybersecurity is a tweet that alleged thousands of 2020 ballots were tossed out. I'm pretty sure every national election there's thousands of ballots uh, tossed out for some reason or other. It, it Somebody didn't sign it. It's messed up some reason. Uh, now, Greenfield says there's nothing that reassured voters that their elections are safe, like a government office spying on anyone who says that they're not and taking immediate steps to silence them. Why are you trying to silence people? Hmm. That be the question. Now, the Office of Election Cybersecurity isn't securing the technology of election. Instead, it's monitoring what? Online speech. When you post on Facebook, when you, you send a tweet on Twitter, whatever, when you comment of how hot some chick looks in a bikini on Instagram, not that I've ever done that, of course. Um, you're commenting using freedom of speech. And that's what they're watching. Because they don't want you to say the wrong thing if you know what they mean. And you better know what they mean, folks, or else. Jenna Dresner, who is a senior public information officer for the Office of Election Cybersecurity. She's an officer for the Office hmm. of Election Cybersecurity. Boasted that the government office maintains an internal database of online speech coded by threat level, and that its censorship calls uh, had resulted in removals 77% of the time. Hmm. Uh, Desner is a member of guess which political party? Guess, just guess, come on. She's actually a member of the L.A. County Young Democrats who had formerly worked for Representative Karen Bass, Attorney General Xavier Becerra, and other Democratic figures. The Office of Election Cybersecurity operates under Secretary of State Alex Padilla, who, ha who was chosen by Governor Newsom, Governor Hairjail, to replace Senator Kamala Harris. And the bill creating California's own Office of Internet Censorship was sponsored by two Democrats. The Internet Censorship Office was promoted in Padilla's Vote Safe uh, California campaign run by a consulting firm featuring the mastermind of Biden's campaign. The mastermind. You know, just get in the ice cream, eat, uh, go get a bunch of ice cream, stay in the basement, stay out of sight, and uh, we'll just bash Trump and scare people and uh, have a bunch of voting irregularities, and, and you'll be okay, Mr. Biden. I'm sorry, future President Biden. Uh, which developed Vi uh, Biden's vote-by-mail programs in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin. By the way, those four states uh, were really big for Trump on election night. And then a few hours later, they totally flipped hmm, those mail-in ballots. Uh, the Office of Election Cybersecurity isn't nonpartisan, Greenfield writes, and it isn't keeping anyone's vote safe. It's in a position to use government power to censor questions about election fraud by its party while working with a consulting firm involved in one of the most contentious elements of the election, whose result the office's boss expect will put him in the United States Senate. All about power, my friend. 
But there is good news. I have good news from Pirates Cove. Oh, finally, we, we, can, we can take a breath. We're climate change, climate catastrophe is concerned because a new climate reality, that's the headline, less warming. Did you hear what I said? Less climate change, less global warming. Oh, shit. But worse impacts on the earth. So in other words, less global warming is going to be worse for the planet than a global warming. Excuse me a second. Had to bang the microphone off my head. Had to restart my brain. It was freezing up from, from this BS from the cults of climate change. The most severe climate change scenarios now appear less likely. Doesn't that sound like good news? But, but, extremes are nonetheless poised to overwhelm societies. <laughs> uh, that's what scientists say. In the not-so-distant past, scientists predicted that global temperatures would surge dramatically throughout this century, assuming that humans would rely heavily on fossil fuels for decades, but they are revising their forecasts as they track both signs of progress and unexpected hazards. Accelerating solar and wind energy adoption means global warming probably will not reach the extremes once feared, so you have to breathe a sigh of relief, and they have to figure out more ways to scare the hell out of you so they can get more money from you if you're a sucker for the cult of climate change. Uh, at the same time, recent heat, storms, and ecological disasters prove, they say, that climate change impacts could be more severe than predicted, even with less warming. What happened if we have to cool the planet? I mean, I'm just asking, is there any consistency in the cult of climate change's BS? Distance inconsistency. That's it. Researchers are increasingly worried about the degree to which even less than extreme increases in global temperature will intensify heat and storms, irreversibly destabilize natural systems, and overwhelm even highly developed societies. Extremes considered virtually impossible not long ago are already occurring. Scientists pointed to recent signs of society's fragility, drought contributing to the Arab Spring uprising. Uh, yeah, that had nothing to do with Islamo-fascism, right? It was all the, the climate. California narrowly avoiding widespread blackouts amid reports of high temperatures. Uh, excuse me, record high temperatures, amid record high temperatures, I should say. Heat waves killing tens of thousands of people each year, including in Europe, the planet's most developed continent. Well, there you go, my friends. There you go. Even though it's good news, it's bad news, we're still all screwed. And now let's, uh, let's look at your from Pirates Cove, climb a hypocrite of the day. Uh, Billie Eilish, she's a singer. I always thought she was British. She, apparently she's an American. And she's kind of these weird-looking chicks that might be pretty if they tried, it seems. But it just, I don't know. I don't understand a lot of musicians. They're kind of just weirdos. Can't you just play music and be normal? Sure, plenty of people are normal and play music, but it's it's odd that way. But anyway, 
this young lady is refusing. She's a big climate alarmist. She's terrified. She's triggered all those things, but she's not going to give up her merchandising and fossil fueled flights to help the climate. So she's kind of a good person, but she's bad because she still takes private jets everywhere, apparently. And really only uh, Prince Harry and, uh, you know, Senator Lurch, John Kerry can do that. Okay. Al Gore can too. They're the real climate hypocrites, but Billy Alice should do better, according to, to Lurch, I'm sure. Uh, William Teach writes, I really do not get the fascination with her music. I personally find it dull and depressing. That's the way her face looks. When I saw pictures of her, when I was Googling her earlier, uh, I kind of looked at her and go, she looks like she's sad, depressed, and sullen, or she's trying to look that way because it's cool. Why anyone would want to look that way. Seriously, you can smile. It's okay. Uh, it's downbeat and unexiting. Un- 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 but I guess others like to be bored with music. That's a good description. There's no no soul to music, from what I've heard. A very little of the past couple of days, I listened a little bit because I was going to talk about her. And to be lectured by a youth who's a climate hypocrite and uh, no degree in science, particularly in climate science. That is kind of true, isn't it? An expert on nothing's going to, to lecture you about everything. Uh, but she claims Billie Eilish does that climate anxiety. Well, it's got a bad effect on her, apparently, because she said, dude, it makes me want to barf all over the floor. Well, that's kind of out there. That's uh, very descriptive. <laughs> what if she has a song called Climate Anxiety, I Want to Barf All Over the Floor by Billie Eilish. Uh, number one in the charts, number one in your hearts. Let me see. Pop singer and climate change alarmist Billie Eilish claims that her fear of global warming makes her feel ill, but admits she won't stop selling merchandise or traveling the world via jet airplanes. The 21-year-old Eilish recently told Vogue uh, that she constantly suffers climate anxiety and feels the world is not doing enough to put off the crisis that every 10 years leftists predict is only 10 years away. Eh, tell me about it. The happier than ever singer uh, said she is often left wringing her hands and feeling upset. That sounds like a country song. Uh, it makes me want to barf all over the floor. Eilish told the magazine, we all wish that we could just do it ourselves. I wish I could just make changes in my life and save the world alone. If you really want to save the world, make some better damn music. Just a suggestion. And that goes to many current acts. Many current acts. Uh, Someone made the point, it was a while back, it was on a Fox show, but the question came up, why, you know, Fleetwood Mac, Bob Seger, the Eagles, Leonard Skinner, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all these classic rock bands uh, are so popular, their music still. And Tyrus uh, had it. He had the right answer. One of them, one part was that people can watch videos of these people. They can watch people actually playing a piano. 
playing a guitar. They can see somebody with a violin. They can be uh, see somebody, you know, playing the fiddle. They can see somebody with a saxophone. They can see actual musical artists making music. Because today's stuff is so packaged, it's just, ugh, it's garbage. Uh, so much of it. And that's very true. There's actual, there's actual soul in, in music from that era. People actually playing their own instruments. What a revolutionary idea. And that's why. Uh, but she addressed air travel, getting back to Billie Eilish and her barfing all over the floor over climate change. She's helping, according to herself. Uh, then there's air travel. I hate it. Eilish says, but she insists that her other activism to which she exposes her fans makes up for her personal climate sins. See, here's the here's the the essence of leftism, modern day leftism. I'm going to do something that I tell you kills the planet or causes this or that bad thing, but I'm going to tell you not to do it. See, I'm paying it forward. It's like the uh, they used to have this thing called climate offsets. And basically, Al Gore was a big fan of it. And it worked because you paid other people. You had a huge carbon footprint, but you paid other people to have smaller carbon footprints. So see, you were carbon neutral. That's kind of like the old example I used at the time was, yeah, I still beat my wife. Yeah, I do. I smack the kids around. But old Joe down the street, I pay him not to smack his kids and wife around. So see, I'm, I'm domestic abuse neutral. It's a great example, I thought. I should have won the Nobel Prize for it. Anyway, uh, she, see, because she spreads awareness, William Teach writes, it's okay that her carbon footprint is vastly higher than most Americans. Hell, it's bigger than, than a herd of Sasquatch, quite frankly. Yet, even though she excuses her own outrages against the planet, she insists that everyone else who does not toe the radical environmental line is a bad person. And a poopy head. On one hand, Eilish says she understands that beating the climate change drum too hard is counterproductive. Uh, people don't respond well to that, she said. But she still looks down on those who refuse to heed the climate change cry. Complete hypocrisy. Complete hypocrisy. I'm still not shoving information down people's throats, she told Vogue. It's more like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to tell you why I do this. But you're also a bad person if you don't do it. Uh, Billie Eilish, it sounds like you. your problem is that you're an entitled... Uh, well, the word starts with B. I'm not going to say it. That's right. Brat. What do y'all think it was? See, y'all have dirty minds. Y'all thought I was going to go with that, that other word. No, she's a brat. She does what she wants. It's like if you have kids and one kid messes up the house, yells at the other kids because they don't clean it up. Why don't you quit messing it up there, child number two? Instead of blaming on child number one and child number three. Come on. Uh William Teach concludes this. Fortunately, I do not listen to her to her, and don't think someone who's 21 has a requisite knowledge to lecture anyone. Now back to Iron Maiden, Megadeth, and Jimmy Buffett, among others. Now that's a mix there. Iron Maiden, Megadeth, and Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Boy, his, his fans, the Parrot Heads. 
uh, he had a, a concert in Dallas and a lot of his fans after the show came in the bar he used to manage in, in Dallas. And it's like any large group of people who, who are f- real hardcore fans of something, they all had the stupid hats with the parrots on it. And it's like at a certain point, you just want to say, grow up. I don't know. It's one of the things like a pet peeve. If you're too hardcore, like you're too hardcore to being a fan for a team, you're all, you go to games, but you dress up and paint your face and wear an outfit or like that idiot douchebag of the Jets fan that dressed up like a firefighter and always wore the fire, fire, uh, fireman's hat or helmet, I guess it is. And he was complaining that, that people were, you know, we're not being good enough fans for something a few years ago. The only reason you go to the games, dude, is to be seen. Look, it was, it, if you watch him during games, always standing up, always just, it's about him. Complete, complete phony. Of course, who would really be a Jets fan? Let's be honest. My friends, I've given you a lot of bad news today about the climate especially, but I want to fix it. I want to fix it this way. I want to tell you what you can do to absolve yourself of any blame and fix the climate and everything will be wonderful to help Billie Eilish. Well, I can't see her musical sound good. But I will say that you will feel better because you can save the planet one simple act and you use a tree to do it. It's all about the trees. The trees. But here's your hot cold take from Pirates Cove. Eco-conscious people, and you know who you are, should eat their Christmas tree. It's that simple. All you have to do is eat your Christmas tree and the planet will be saved. We'll all be saved. And we'll listen to more Billie Eilish albums and songs. Oh, God, more Billie Eilish? Just kill me now. Uh, William Teach again writes, it's not really surprising that a journalist, and he uses that word loosely, from the UK Guardian is a wackadoodle eco-nut job. Sounds like a porn film I saw one time. Uh, It's not a good memory. Eco-conscious families should eat their Christmas tree, urges report. Now, I don't know. I guess most Christmas trees are firs or pines, the pine family. I know you can make tea with, uh, like, if you ever get lost in the woods and there's pine trees, you can you can make a tea that's really, uh, really rich in vitamin C from pine needles. I know you can do that. I don't know what it would taste like. I've never tried it. Um, but I know that. But eating your whole tree... Uh, you might be taking a whole roughage thing a bit too far. Uh, here's the story, though. Instead of throwing out your Christmas tree, a journalist writing for The Guardian urged families to consider eating it. Uh, instead of sending their pine for spruce trees for recycling and replanting, growing numbers of eco-conscious households, or trying to make the most of them by eating various parts before throwing them out. Uh, that's from Miranda Bryant. Fir trees can be used in ice cream, 
to pick uh, to pickle vegetables and even to flavor gin. That's true. Gin is full of uh, juniper berries and all kind of stuff. Uh, I, there's a lot of stuff in gin. Gin is some serious stuff. 86 proof. Most gin is 86 proof. Some are, can be stronger, obviously, but uh, first thing ever got a got a buzz out of when I think I was 14. Uh, went to a buddy's house and his mom was was out of town, and his older brother was like in charge, but he was at work, so we got into her uh, her bottle of Bombay gin and had a shot and we both made a drink with bombay gin and seven up and i got a pretty good buzz out of it um but the the taste of gin is is it's bracing i'll put it that way uh food experts said a christmas tree can be used to cook using the needles like rosemary or basil leaves as a kick of citrus or pine flavor and a source of vitamin c and y'all thought I was kidding about the vitamin C stuff. I never lie to you people. Never. Uh, by burning the wood, eco-family households can also make pine ash for use in the garden or kitchen cleansing. Cleansing, Huh. So you burn your tree, then you make ash. Uh, take the ash and you can clean with that. A lot of this stuff's like older people, like my grandparents knew things. Remember the first time uh, I saw my grandfather taking uh, Arm & Hammer baking soda, putting like a teaspoon in a cup, putting some water in it, and mixing it up and drinking it. And I asked what he was doing. Oh, that's for indigestion. Or bellyache, as he always says. Everything was a bellyache with my grandfather. Indigestion, heartburn, whatever. And I said, really? Yeah, he just knew... All these cool things when I was a little kid. He knew how to do this and knew that. And he could make this. He had made all kinds of... He was just a very... Uh, I guess you would say very educated man for somebody who just got through ninth grade and didn't go back to school. But he's one of the smartest men I ever knew and he knew how to do so many things. But he would not have been a climate climate alarmist. alarmist and I don't think he'd have been eating the damn Christmas tree either. Uh, let me see. According to the National Christmas Tree Association, 25 to 30 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States every year. You can pretty much eat the whole thing. Uh, that's from Julia Gorgalis, author of How to Eat Your Christmas Tree. There's actually a book, How to Eat Your Christmas Tree. Uh, told the Guardian, you can use the needles as you would rosemary or bay leaves for flavor. A five-foot Christmas tree is probably about 12 years old, she said. I don't know why in a climate crisis, when trees are our best armor, we're cutting down thousands a year uh, to keep hostage in our house. Uh, of course, those trees are always re replanted. There's a lot of logging where I live and pine trees. And it's it, you go by and there's all pine trees and they'll come in, they'll cut. But then you'll see not long, there's new pine trees coming up. It's a constantly recycling effort because they keep replanting trees because those trees eventually will be cut down and they, they have a real cool little cyclical thing going on. Some of the best environmentalists are people who in the lumber industry. Just like some of the biggest conservationists, 
are hunters and anglers. You know, a lot of that money you pay for your fishing hunting license goes to, that's right, helping endangered species, uh, things like that, habitat for the species. Uh, of course, the left doesn't know that because they just hate hunters and people who fish because you're just a big meanie. You're just a big meanie. And <clears throat> I have a cousin. We don't really talk because she's a left-wing fanatic. Um, <laughs> my mother had a discussion with her when she was quite a bit younger. And uh, it was about hunting. She's very good against hunting, my cousin is. And just hunters are bad people. You're slaughtering animals. And and my mother asked her, well, you're vegetarian then? Well, no, I, I eat pork chops, I eat steaks, I eat burgers. And she said, well, aren't those animals too? She goes, well, I get mine from the grocery store. That's totally different. So the cow, the pig that's now in a grocery store wasn't alive like the deer that you're so upset that was shot? Are you saying deer lives matter more than cow lives or pig lives or goat lives? Well, I have never eaten a goat. Never have. I did try goats, uh, is it goat cheese and I've had goat milk. Nothing right home about. But it's amazing how it's, it, they're detached from reality because you pick up a pack of pork chops, take it home and cook it. It's fine. There's no animal hurt here. Because it came from the grocery store, you see. So, my friends, uh, you've probably thrown your tree out already, your Christmas tree. If you haven't, <laughs> uh, why don't you just uh, start munching some some pine needles or something. Make some tea, extra vitamin C. Uh, burn your tree. Use the ashes to clean stuff with. Why not? And, hey, if you want to do that, more power to you. I have nothing against you. Not criticizing. But I did want to make y'all feel better that you can, since you bastards are killing the planet, at least you can do is save it and make Billie Eilish happy while she kills the planet and criticizes you for killing the planet. Leftist hypocrisy. Leftism is an ideology of hypocrisy, my friends. Don't forget that. Good night. Good morning. God bless. Whenever you listen, I appreciate you. If you want to be a financial contributor to the Daily Gator blog or the Daily Gator podcast, please go to anchor.fm.doughagan and you will find a page to uh, be a monthly contributor. I appreciate it if you do. God bless you. If you just want to leave cash on my front or back porch in a big white envelope, you can do that too. I won't tell anybody, including the IRS. Of course, there's 87,000 more IRS agents should probably listening. So scratch that. But thank you, my friends, for listening. Be good to yourselves. Good to your kids. Good to your dog. Good to your cat. God bless y'all. We'll talk soon. Be good. and Enjoy the football today. And I hope your team gets in the playoffs. Unless you're a New England fan or then I hope you miss it. Uh, and if you're a San Francisco fan, I hope your team loses because I hate the 49ers. Other than that, uh, just have fun, enjoy some football, and uh, best of luck to your team. And uh, go Bills. Uh, that young man for the Bills is uh, getting better and better. 
thank you for the answers to prayer, Lord. Don't forget when you pray and it comes true, thank the big man upstairs. Y'all be good. Take care. Oh, yeah, I'll catch you tomorrow probably.